G'day everyone. For those who came in late, you're listening to Expand the Family Podcast. Years ago, he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck. And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty. And all my sons will follow me, so evildoers will believe that this man cannot die. The man can't. We are Chronicle Chamber team and this is Expand the Phantom Podcast. Our website is chroniclechamber.com and you can contact us via email on chroniclechamber at gmail.com and we'd love it if you subscribe to the podcast as well via YouTube, iTunes or any of your favourite Android apps. Um, This is episode 181. It's hard to believe we're up to 181. February 2021, comics and news. Um, I'm Dan, as you may know or may not if you're a first-time listener of the uh, both of the boys, Jermaine and Stephen. How are you guys? Uh, Steve, how are you? Very well, thanks, Dan. It's a busy start to the year, of course, in the teaching profession, but yeah, no, we're good. Um, what about you, Jermaine? Oh, mate, I've uh, just tasted f- full lockdown for five days and oh, uh, hats five off. Five days, you poor. Yeah, man. hats off to everyone who's had to do it for months and months, uh, like all the people in Melbourne and uh, throughout Europe and all that. Um, especially if you've been looking after kids as well. Five <laughs> days was enough for me. Um, but, uh, yeah, so looking forward to going to work tomorrow. <laughs> Very good. Well, um, it's it's nice that you got a taste of it. We haven't had a full lockdown like that in, uh, in my hometown, so um, I've still just got the memories of last March to draw on. But... Um, um, anyway, as we always say, there's lots of real stuff uh, going on in the world. And if you want to go and listen to a, a news podcast or whatever else it might be, then um, you'd be doing that. But you're not. You're listening to us. Um, and so you're here to hear about The Phantom and all things uh, comics and news for what's been going on through the month of January and uh, into Feb. Um, I must say, and, and Jermaine and I were just saying before you joined us, Steve, there's, there was actually way more news than I, um, than I sort of expected when I ran through the run sheet that German put together for us. Um, there's a fair bit going on. There is. I'm just having a look, look at it now, and it's, it's a it's a busy month coming up. Well, it is. Month. So well, it's um, a good busy month. That said, as well. yeah. <laughs> there's <laughs> things coming. There's things that have been. It's it's, a, it's flat out if you're a Phantom fan. It is. It's a great time of the year. <laughs> it is. Um, I guess it's a lot of the new announcements for the year. But anyway, that being said, we do need to get into it because this has got all the hallmarks of a podcast that we think is going to go to sit for 60 minutes and ends up for over two hours. So we don't want that to happen. We're going to try and push through it as quick as we can. Right um, so we're going to start with the comics and we'll start with, uh, as we usually do, the Australian publications. Um, there's only been two issues come out this, um, this month. Um, but that doesn't mean there's much less to talk about because we've got um, the annual with seven stories and um, one of the re- replica editions with uh, three comics from um, in the fifties from the fifties. So um, we're going to start with through eighteen eighty four, which is the um, the annual, um, the two thousand twenty one annual, the Cy Barry Artists Special with the cover by Antonio Lemos on the front, and I think that's uh, that's probably um, the, the, one of the key talking points, points that come out from the annual. So uh, first up, let's talk about the, uh, the cover choice. Um, St- uh, Jermaine, what did you, what did you think? Um, I'm kind of conflicted because I like the cover. I like, you know, and I love Antonio Lemus's work. Um, however, it did feel a little bit strange having a Cy Barry special 
who's still alive and kicking and doing fabulous work, which we've seen with the Melon Diary, uh, the poster that you brought out and some of the other stuff that they've done with Herms and it being a cover by Antonio Lemus. He's got I, some really nice prints on his website. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that there was extenderating circumstances, but I can't confirm that. I haven't been able to get a confirmation on that. Uh, it was just, it was just a pity that we, you know, yeah, it, it felt a bit of a miss for me. What do you think, Steve? Steve? Yeah, um, I agree, but this is a good backup. Yeah. I reckon this is a nice backup. Like, just like you said, it's a nice cover. Um, if it was for any other cover, um, uh, issue apart from a Cyberry special, you'd be saying, what a fantastic cover. Yes, but exactly. But when you say the Cyberry special plastered down underneath, you're probably expecting a Cyberry cover. However, it's a great cover. It's just not done by Cyberry. Yeah. And the, I like the back, you know, mm. the... Um, Showing off you know, different elements of the stories. Hold on uh, the back you. for us while you talk, Steve. Yep, got yeah. her up. That's, so, a much better, that's a much better view, Steve. Is it? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Not so great for your audio, so do make sure we can still hear you. <laughs> I do have the... I've, I've got the video on uh, thumbnail so I can see the run sheet, so I actually don't know what you guys are looking at. <laughs> but I can get the hint. <laughs> I'll shut yeah. up now, then. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> in terms of a, in terms of the back cover, as you were saying, Jim, there are elements of each of the stories that are inside, mm. which is really cool. Um, so that ties it together as a book, I guess, and, you, and you're getting a hint of all of the different stories inside. Um, and in terms of the front cover, it, it almost the only thing that's lacking for mine is a little bit of the. Um, uh, in tribute to Cy Barry comment or, or what, what's the word they do? Homage, Cy Barry homage or something. Because that is very much a, um, a scene that Cy Barry is, is well known for. There's, um, and I haven't got the comic in front of me, I'm sorry, but there's a, like the, one of the previous Fru specials, issue 1600, 1700, something like that, had a, a cover with the Phantom and all of the family and other yeah, characters. Yeah, I know what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Um, Anthony Tollins recently shared another one on Facebook as well, which I think was used in a Phantom. And so um, it is a, a, a makeup or a, um, a setting that uh, is mm. a Cy Barry type style. Yeah. It's the kids, though. There's no kid or hello. There's no Heloise. I would have thought that was Rex that was down. Oh yeah, well you're right. If there's only one of them, it would be it would, it would have to be Rex, wouldn't it? So yeah, no twins, which is an interesting one. Which probably harkens back to Cy being you know, thinking back to the '60s era, I guess. But, but he did draw the twins, of course. But I don't know. But no, I do take your point, Jim. It does. Um, there's there's so many um, possibilities. Pete Klaus even had a uh, a Cy Barry print um, about halfway through last year that he had um, turned into a poster. So um, th there's lots of unpublished um, side barrier work around that could have been could have been um, pulled in for the job. But yeah. anyway, that being said, um, let's uh, let's talk about the the contents. Um, we've got seven stories. We've got the mysterious ambassador from 1963. I don't think we're going to go through and talk about these story by story. Um, but um, we'll just go overall, eh? Sorry? Yeah, go through the stories though, which as yeah. you started off. 
Yeah, so it starts with the mysterious ambassador um, from 1962-63. The mysterious passenger is the second story, um, published in early 1970-71 was the first time that it was in the papers. Then we have a run of daily stories, um, the Attilan Mystery, the Moxley Awards and Nukes, um, which are stories 177, 178, 179, um, so consecutively published from 92 to the end of 93. The Plotters is from a year later, and our final story is Tiger, Tiger, which was also from the early 1990s. It's a Sunday story, though, the rest being being dailies. So um, what did you think of the, the collection of stories? Uh, what I've read of them so far, I've, I like the collection. I, I, um, I'm only up to the Attilan mystery. I haven't gotten, I only just finished that one today. I haven't gotten through the rest of it. But um, I'm looking forward to reading um, uh, the rest of them because... Around that, that early 90s period, I was, you know, um, about year seven, year eight, and what I would do at lunchtime is go to the library and they used to have the, the newspaper sitting on top of the, in a central location, really, at, um, like standing high on top of some um, filing cabinets and you could flick through the newspapers. So I remember reading, going to the library at, at school and flicking through the newspapers and you're looking at the sports section and you're looking at the comics. And... Um, so, what else is there in a newspaper? No, well, you don't need anything else, really. <laughs> um, so as I was reading the Attilan mystery, I thought, yeah, I remember reading this in the paper. And yeah. so I'm, I'm assuming that I'm going to have the, the same sort of feel when I, um, when I yeah. read the rest of them. Um, and it's also around about this time that I started collecting um, The Phantom as well. So I think one of them uh, last issued, or you know, first only published in 1050, I think. And that's around about when I, when I started, you know, I had the paper around. And, yeah, uh, on the Saturday after um, my week had, was finished, I went and picked up that issue of the last two weeks of, um, of The Phantom. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm really looking uh, forward to seeing these again. Heavy nostalgic value for you. For me, yes, um, absolutely. And um, before we cross it, crossing over to Jam there, um, when I started uh, reading the, the annual, like The Mysterious Ambassador, and you've got um, uh, Lamanda, uh, you've got Luaga there, and he's um, a doctor helping the, in the jungles of, of Bangalore. I was thinking, oh, because I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of phantom stories like uh, Jermaine does, I was thinking, geez, it would be nice to read the story where he becomes president. Oh, look what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a great story, that one. Um, the Mysterious Ambassador would have to be, oh, it would easily be probably the top, one of the top 10 uh, Fork and Barry stories. Um, you know, it's also in it's also in the uh, Avon novel as well. I think it's number six in the Avon novel um, collection. Um, well, it, it's the story that introduces General Baboa as well. It's his first ever yes. story. So, General Baboa's um, you know, first he, story. Yeah, it's the second. I think it's be, the yeah, a key nemesis. Oh, just that he goes on to be the the only real. Um, longer running character that Lee Fork ever used. So I think you can put him in six or seven stories um, and no one else got anywhere near that many stories. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's also the second story uh, that Luag has been introduced in. So that was, mm -hmm. I think the previous stories was the epidemic. And so there was a nice continuation of the stories joining together and, you know, learning a little bit more about this doctor called Luaga. Um, to be honest, the stories are good. The Mysterious Ambassador is a great story. The other stories, in my opinion alone, are fairly average. 
Um, but the the artwork is solid in majority of those stories. I think Tiger Tiger was a little bit weak, the artwork. But if you're you're using this, the theme is Sky Barry um, or uh, Sky Barry. Sorry. Um, so you know, in the theme, this is a nice collection of showing just how much of an awesome artist he is, uh, and it also has a nice range from you know, mm. the early 60s to the early 90s. And, you know, it would have been maybe nice to have a couple, you know, maybe 60s, 70s, 80s and 90s instead of just 60s, 170 and the rest 90s. But it's a good mm. uh, display collection of what a master and what a legend he is. Mm. Mm. Um, I think so in yes. that, I agree with you in terms of it be, if it was truly to be an artist showcase, that would have been, a good way to uh, to show the progression and change because it does change. The the yes. mysterious ambassador from 1963 and Tiger, uh, well, hang on, what's 94? The Plotters, which I think is Cy Barry's last story, uh, last Sunday. Um, uh, no, that was Phantom's World. Phantom Cowboy is, is, was the last daily. Yeah, Phantom's World was his last Sunday. Was it swapped okay. over halfway through. Right, okay. So, it, But still, it's right up there with one of the last. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, and his style changes dramatically from, from one to the other. Yeah. So it would have been easy, interesting to see those, those steps. In that sense, it's almost a little bit of a, um, a writer's showcase, in, though, because you do see, as I said, consecutive stories, 177, 178, 179, um, and then 181. I'm not sure where, what 180 was, but it must have um, been more recently published by Fru because all of these stories, and to their credit, um, Dudley has continued to stick to the must be 20 years since we last published it. Mm. Um, all of these stories are well and truly over the 20 year mark. Um, and some of them yeah, about um, 25. We're we close to 25 years, I reckon. Yeah. And um, especially those stories from the early 90s, a lot of them were only ever published once um, yeah. back in 92, 93, 94. So, in that sense, we've waited nearly 30 years and there's only been one public prior printing of it. So, in that sense, to people who'd be critical of, oh, more reprints of old stories um not everybody and i say this a lot on the podcast i think but not everybody has got that one issue that came out 30 years ago sitting in their collection and, and have read it yeah. so um in that sense it is still good that we get these stories come out for those who came in late to catch up on some yeah. you know and i think great art and some th great stories it it's important that we keep um reprinting these stories and keep having these stories and stuff like that, because like you said, and you know, we've we've discussed it in all our podcasts, including our last one. We want to have new fans, and for the newer fans, and not everyone's old and grey or bored like us. Um, there's younger people than us that uh, that read the Phantom, and yeah, not all not all of them can afford to have um, you know Phantom comics from thirty years, thirty forty years ago. So it's um, yeah, it, it does make sense. I would have, for the, on the flip side, for the crusty fans, it would have been nice to have something new for the older crusty fans. I'm just not quite sure what it could have been. Uh, maybe an interview, maybe a collection of Cyberries, like an artist showcase of some commissions that he's done from around the world in the last 10 years could have been. I think that would have been great, like a, or... five or ten pages, sort of um, with 
two, three images per page of commissions that he's done. And um, I think that would have been that would have been nice, a, a nice um, addition of things that we hadn't seen before and pays tribute to that uh, showcase special idea. Yeah, maybe even like a, oh, heck, like a sketchbook instead of the replica. Could have had maybe like a, like a little sketchbook, so it could have been 10, 20 pages, commissions, um, some doodling. You know, there's people that have got original artwork. I'm sure there's some pencils and inks floating mm. around, some pictures of of uh you know of Cy back in the 60s when he's you know to the 70s when he's all hip and and stuff like that and rocking it in the 70s along with everyone else and then to the 90s when you know and i don't know but it's it's easy saying that in the comfort of my uh phantom room and not uh not in the uh through office um but if i had the keys that's probably what i would have done well, we might um, timestamp this and send this conversation to David Barry because I think that might be the sort of thing that he'd absolutely put together. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. And and would would the COVID restrictions one. have anything to do with any of this as well? Like um, getting Cider to, I don't know, does he store all of the, all this stuff at his place? Would he have to pop out somewhere to, to go get it? Like, you would think he'd have photos of a lot of the commissions and that mm, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I know he also recently moved and then there was also the passing of his wife yeah, a couple so of months ago. So I think, and I, we've kind of alluded to it before, we think that might be a few of the circumstances why it didn't happen. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe they could have, yeah, I don't know. But I like the idea of themes. I think themes, well, look, um, theme if- manuals are good. I, I do happen to know where there's a, um, a transcribed interview of uh, with Cy Barry <laughs> that um, we would have been probably quite happy to copy and paste and send in an email to Fruit to put in the back um, with full attribution to the Chronicle Chamber podcast when we've interviewed Cy Barry. I think that might have been back in episode like 54. Yeah. Um, it seems like a long time ago now, doesn't it? Yeah, it was a few years ago now. Um, we've interviewed. He's been on a couple of podcasts, but that first one uh, I remember certainly being. We we're all so excited that um, getting up in the middle of the night to talk to Cy Barry, and then I listened to that podcast a hundred times while I faithfully <laughs> typed it out word for word. So that would have been that would have been some nice reward for effort if that had gone into the back of a fruit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there is precedence for it. Um, they uh, put in uh, an interview with Wendell uh, Cavalanti. Um, uh, once that, that we yeah, published yeah. into in, into English, so there is some precedence for that. Anyway, um, well, I guess we're starting to talk now. I've gone. It was episode fifty-three, three, and one one three, so one hundred thirteen and fifty-three. Just for those who want to dig those out. So, so did you go guys back actually, to uh, yeah. the uh, the podcast? You'll have to go back to the podcast for that one, not YouTube, because I don't think we were putting those ones. We weren't doing YouTube back when we were doing those uh, no, podcasts. I, we, I tend no. to forget that we're still doing YouTube. I'm just you know, <laughs> wandering around, start picking my nails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, there's been a few times like uh, yeah, you start picking your nose or rubbing your nose a bit too much or something. <laughs> well, I actually, uh, this is a bit of a side, but I actually um, we got a new TV. Uh, first time I've owned a smart TV. Uh, last week, and I pulled up the Chronicle Chamber podcast on YouTube, and we looked terrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <like that. laughs> 
Oh, I haven't done that yet. No, uh, no wouldn't encourage you. That's um, why. I wouldn't encourage our listeners. Sorry. I... Yeah, that's why we started off with uh, as a podcast only. Right. Um, but anyway, did we? Did you guys actually like the annual? Yes, I've liked what I've read of it so far. I've liked, and and even with my own trained eye. Well, I was going to ask I've, you. I've noticed a difference in his in his art from. Um, from the sixties through the through the nineties, and um, I think he mentioned it back in a, in the interview that we did back, you know, uh, episode fifty three, how he was directed to um, kind of copy the the style of those who've gone before him, and you can. I'm just looking at a couple of pages now from that from those early stories. <coughs> Sorry, from the um, the mysterious ambassador, and it's and I well I think he's got a bit of a. Um, a Wilson McCoy look about him um, mm. in the Phantom, and then as you go through the seventies and and definitely in the nineties, is is size Phantom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what about you, Dan? Did you enjoy the annual? Yeah, I did. I um I really enjoyed going back and reading some of these stories because I you know you do vaguely remember them. The, the reading the stories yeah. is you know like putting on a uh, warm pair of slippers sort of thing. But um, they're not stories that um, I've read heaps and heaps of times, so they're still relatively fresh um, in that sense. Uh, it was interesting to, and I guess this is more from the, the the writing point of view, it was interesting to see Lee Fork dipping back into familiar themes, you know, in terms of Phantom um, helping out save a dictatorship, basically bring dictators to justice. So a couple of the stories had that plot in yeah, mind. The plotters... Point. Um, the that story in particular, gee, there's some um, um, phantom is rough on roughnecks in the plotters. If you want to see a, if you if you want to see a phantom, not not quite Punisher level because he's certainly not shooting or killing anybody or anything like that. But he certainly, um, yeah, lets the bad guys know they've been bad. That's for sure. So um, no, it was um, I, I did enjoy enjoy the content of it. What about the whole the whole uh, I guess package? Well, you've mentioned the replica already. Actually, I should hold it up like that. So we've got a replica of issue 31, um, which you've got to be careful because it does, is designed to be opened uh, in landscape format. Um, but um, you you would have been thrilled, I imagine, Jermaine, at the return <laughs> of uh, a replica. Um, I prefer the pack of cards, actually. Uh, to be to be truthfully honest, um, I haven't opened mine. Right. Um, I the last couple of annuals I've really really enjoyed. This annual, while it's probably better than some of the ones in the late, you know, in the in the late of when um, Jim Shepard was around, like you know the early two thousands and stuff like that. This is still better than that, but this will probably be my least favorite of the Free Cruise annual. Um, I can understand that because the um, the fruit cre- the the fruit annuals over the last few years yeah. have been a really good mix of and I guess we're thinking particularly of um, the the war annual mm. the war themed annual was a really good mix of um, old stories and new yeah uh, and then you've got and yeah, international yeah yeah you've got the girl one you've got you know there's there's been western. some really good annuals yeah the western one um, but yeah but hey not everything can be a winner. Um, uh, I think some of the criticism in some parts was a little bit over the top, um, but um, yeah, I I don't know. I, I reckon yeah, out of out of the five or the six that through we've produced, it's probably my least favourite. But um, 
Yeah. That might be something, a, a topic to add to a future podcast that we're, we're planning. Yes. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but for some people might not know, um, on if you scourge Facebook and kind of look at some creators' uh, social media posts and stuff like that, and I know not everyone uh, would have seen it because I know, Stephen, you didn't see this comment. No. Um, but we pulled up a, a bit of a, a comment from um, one of the Fru Crew uh, people who yeah. have who we're not going to give it all away because some people don't like all spoilers. But I think it's fair to say that they have seen the criticism um, and they're looking at going more down the path of continuing with the themes. But um, uh, I don't know. Like, how 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 can we say it? Having a having a future theme with some newer stories. Um, so I, I thought that was interesting, and they're still undecided about the replica or the pack of cards or extra stuff as well. And they've thrown well, it out. A simple calendar or a simple calendar or poster would would work a yeah. trick. And they've thrown it out to the readers to have some opinions as well. So we'll do a social media post on this. Um, but if you're listening to this podcast, make sure you let us know what your thoughts are without giving too much away. What we, And you've both got uh, the person's comments. Is there anything else from those comments that I have maybe missed that you just want to highlight or quickly comment on? You want to talk about the trade paperback? Whereas it just seems like the people aren't going into bookshops to pick them up and having said that um every time i go into a bookshop i'm always looking for it um and i'd never see a phantom um trade paperback or graphic novel or whatever yeah. um but i do see things like tin tin and asterisks and um anything pretty in marble and dc and all that sort of stuff but i haven't seen the free one in any of the bookshops here um of course i see them in the in the comic book shop yeah uh, but not in a, a mainstream bookshop mm. so and the, from my comic book shop is that the trade paperbacks walk out the door pretty quickly yeah uh, very popular so whether they're actually getting out into mainstream shops or not might be another issue um or whether they even are dare i say it whether they're even aware that they even exist mm. but even if they well um but if they were in the bookshops even non-fans might find them yeah not, not so. Rather than having, I think, um, you know, the 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 usual um, bread and butter fan is just going to go into the local news agents, grabbing up their yeah. their local their, their latest fandom, whether it be the annual or replica or issue number one seven or one eight eight six, I think is next, yeah. um, and just gets into that routine and um, isn't making a special trip to to get the trade paperback from anywhere. So that could be an issue. Yeah. I think, yeah. And and this is... Oh, you go, Dan. Oh, just to, just to bring it back to the idea of the annual. Also the suggestion in the comment here that they're tossing up a color um, annual. Yeah. That would, um, that would uh, blow people away. I think if suddenly the color was uh, the, the annual was completely in color. color, um, As we were sort of discussing on our last podcast. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, there's a yeah, there's a lot to digest from those comments. We'll probably discuss some of the comments further, 
in one of our upcoming podcasts, mm-hmm. but I just wanted to kind of raise that. But I think, and I think we made mention of this again in our last podcast is that we said exactly the same thing, that bulk of the readership get their comics from the news agent. So, well, what do you think would happen if we go full extreme the other way and the annual is nothing but brand new stories, all in colour? Basically, the, and the suggestion was there that essentially it's a trade paperback in any other name, but you yeah. put it out as a, um, as a regular an issue or, or an, an, as the annual. So. Yeah, the probably I think that's the way to go. It, you know, most mm. people still think yeah. of an annual as $10. So that's going to be a bit of a as, as a concern because um, we all grew up as the annual being ten dollars, and now that we, we might have to fork out twenty five dollars, it might be a little bit. Well, it's already it's you say that's what our memory of it, but this one was seventeen fifty. They're yeah. they're not ten dollars anymore. That's no. um, certainly closer to twenty. Yeah. So the, the trade paperback out. is um, trade paperback's about thirty. So yeah, cool. All right. Anything anyway. else you want to raise, or should we move on? No, let's move on. Let's. Um, sorry, Steve. I'll assume on your behalf that we're happy to go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next one is eighteen eighty-five. Um, holding up that one there, the uh, the familiar now um, Clayton um, or Bartlett is it? Um, Clayton Barton um, is, is, the, is the name of the artist. Sorry for the cover. Um, we've seen that uh, a few times now, five or six. Um, and we've got Diana Atrix Lost. Um, we've got Tale of Devil by um, both of these, by Lee Fork, of course. But um, Diana was by Bray Moore. Um, Tale of Devil is illustrated by Wilson McCoy. Diana and the Bank Robbers is another Lee Fork and Wilson McCoy. And we've got The Prisoner of the Himalayas by Lee Fork and Ray Moore. Um, good now, stories. Sorry, the good stories. Yeah, they are good stories. I will admit. I mean, I I've opened it and flicked through it, but I haven't read these ones because these well, are mostly stories. Um, most of these are stories that we've um, we have read a few times before. Um, did you read these fresh for tonight, either of you guys? I haven't right. even finished the annual. I haven't finished that one. <laughs> I don't usually look at that one. I'd, uh, he, I'd I read every I'd, now and then, but. Yeah, and, I, and when I do, I enjoy it. Yeah. I don't go out of my way to do it because, well, they've been heavily edited, and I've probably read them recently. Mm. Yeah. Now, in my opinion, I'm not sure if you guys agree with me or not. It felt like a miss, a major miss. We had the Christmas album in colour. We had the uh, the first issue by Jason Paulos in colour. Then we had the annual which, you know, while I didn't enjoy the annual, there would have been many people that did enjoy the manual. And then we had a replica series. It felt a bit like a, a miss or a, a major, major, you know, letdown being on those high of three good issues and then having uh, a replica series. It just, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat there. Having, like, the annual was just, like, all old stories. There's nothing new in it. And then or the, ne- the very next issue is more old stories. Yes, we like the old stories, but we don't want to get them all the time. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so, so I mean, I'm on the same boat. I would have preferred if the Replica series was a couple of issues down the track rather than the very next one. Yeah. Dan, well, you going to disagree? Yeah, I am. <laughs> look, I, under, I, under, I certainly understand um, your point and, and I hear what you're saying because we do have, yeah, so many stories in the annual that 
um, you know, even dedicated Phantom fans haven't been able to get through them all again. And even just the fact that it's a, a hundred pager, you know, is um, 116 pages, the, the replica series, uh, means that it's, you know, weighty to get through again um, if you're trying to keep up and read all of these every two weeks sort of thing. How much, um, is, it, how much is it again, sorry, Dan? For some yeah. people, it's going to be a bit of a speed bump at the start of the, the publishing year, I suppose. Um, but the, the schedule is, you know, maybe, the, maybe they need to shuffle the schedule around, but to get the replica out quarterly, it's got to come out um, yeah. at a point in time. And um, what I would say is that we know that... Um, on the, the free website now is issue 1886, which is the start of what looks like a really exciting little period of time with Fru, which the with the Vultures saga, a brand new story. Looking um, forward to that. Um, Anderson and Anthony Spay, as well as a fandom in Vietnam story, which we've been calling out for. So there's some exciting things coming, and uh, I'd rather get this out of the way with with all due respect rather than have pop up halfway through um, yeah. a, a, a saga. Um, so. Well, you make good points, Dan. That's a good uh, that, that's, Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. My counterpoint is that you had the Christmas album, which was, what, $15. Then you had Jason Paulos's issue, which was $5. Then you got the annual, which is $17, $18. Then you got this is another $10. Yeah. So, you know, for with, you know, Stephen, you told us a story tonight about, you know, working as a, you know, paper boy and saving your money and going down there every fortnight. It's an expensive last couple of months for, um, you know, the 12, 13-year-old kids out there. Um, that, would have, that would have taken my pay up. <laughs> I didn't own that much as a paper boy. Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to go to the movies with your girlfriend of the month. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you would have been up to all. You would have, uh, yeah, it would have been a very disappointing month. Um, now, a question. Can we maybe stop at issue 100? Do we have to go all the way down? Can we just maybe stop at 100? What are they up to? 120? Uh, 122. It is, uh, it, it is certainly taking a long time to count down. If I guess, um, what are we doing? Three issues per... Um, four three, issues. Three of the yeah. old issues. So 12 per year. We've got 122 more um 121 more issues to go so we're looking at eight ten ten more years of the re replica series counting down um it's it's a it's a valid question um it depends a little bit and, and we've mentioned this before when we talk about the replicas um from a business point of view um they're cheap to produce and yeah. it's a it's a one of their 26 well it's four of their 26 like issues they can get out every year minimal cost yeah. And there are people who like them. Yeah. All right. We'll move on from there. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, um, the uh, the other question that I guess has uh, been raised on Facebook a little bit is um, is something that Fru haven't done on this ish, on this occasion, and it's to do with I guess um, it's to do with fraud really on uh, on eBay, where people who are who are buying the replica and then pulling it apart and pretending they've got three old comics and then trying to on-sell those. Um, we know that um, uh, the first and even the second replica issues that Fru brought out in the 90s when they started the concept, um, you know, have made life hard for collectors who want to tell the difference between a, 
uh, an 85-year-old number one and a 30-year-old number one, uh, which is getting increasingly difficult unless you know what to look for. And uh, people are saying that perhaps FRU need to be more careful of, or do something with those splash pages to make sure that they stand out and people can understand that those are, uh, this is a replica rather than uh, an old one. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, they need to write that re yeah. replica by the M or something like that. Uh, they, need, yeah. they need something. They did it last issue, I think. Yeah, and then um, didn't do it this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, oh, that cover that you just uh, pointed up of what was it, one twenty-two or something like that? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, one twenty-two. Yeah, it's a great cover. That's uh, Dudley's Facebook profile picture, and I've actually <laughs> got that comic as well. So um, read into that as what you will. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, look for mine. It's eBay is always a little bit buyer beware, um, and um, if if something looks too good to be true, then it's probably not. And um, yeah, I think if you're someone who's going around buying early 100s Phantom comics online, then you probably know enough about them to know to look out for the replicas. I would have thought. So I don't think it's as big a deal as, as some people are making out. Yeah, it would make it easier though. It would. That's just my opinion. It would. All right, um, so we are going to go around the grounds now. We've, uh, As we said at the start, there's only those two frues to get through and uh, we want to get here from the rest of the world at this stage. Now, um, all right, so we're going to go around the grounds and when we go international, we have to go to Sweden to hear from Mikkel Lick, Swede, because not only is he going to tell us all about the uh, Fantaman comics from January, but hopefully he's also going to give us an update on the card game um, because that Kickstarter we've seen that parcels are getting posted and we're very excited. So hopefully we'll hear from him um, as to where that's at as well. And there's a bit of news coming out of Sweden, so I think he's going to throw us to the big news item of, uh, of January, really, the biggest news. And I'll let Mikel introduce that when he uh, does that. So thanks, Mikel. <laughs> Hi. Welcome back to Sweden and some more Phantom and Reviews with me, Mikael Lyck. Uh, I'm gonna go through these two Phantom uh, issues today. Number double issue 2-3 and issue number 4. Starting off with the 2-3. This might be my favorite Phantom cover of all time. It's so cool and dynamic. Henrik Salström really kicked it out of the park this time. Wow. The attack on the jungle hospital is more or less the title of this main story that returns to the future and follows the twins adventure by written by Klaus Rometty and art by Janus Orden. One of the bigger gangs that now rules the outskirts of Mavitan are a bit down on their luck and want some easy cash and realize that uh, Dr. Torbjörn Axel's hospital is filled with medicine that can get money and uh, fussy feelings. They decide to go get there, uh, but unlucky for them, Moss has a vision of this and uh, tells the twins. Uh, yeah, I don't want to spoil anymore, but as I said multiple times, I really enjoy this future version. I know it's not for all, but uh, excellent in my view. Then there was two uh, folk berry stories, the mystery of the island of the dogs and the adventure of Lucy Carey and uh, again black and white I hope they stop printing these in black and white and also like the strips Let's see if I can find them yeah they change size here and there uh, it 
bothers me a bit that it's like really small and then there's big and yeah uh, so yeah the mystery of the island of the dogs is a great story in many ways a real classic the portraitation of the girl Janice uh, would probably not look like that if this was written today with her just sitting at the pool hoping that beautiful rich single men will come and woe her away but uh, yeah it's a great story and somewhere here yeah they they wrote the same uh, text on two different bubbles so i mean it troubles me a bit that I want to know what was written in in the in this one, but uh, not enough that I go back and read another uh, version of this to figure it out. But yeah, it, I don't like that these things are getting through the quality control. The Adventures of uh, Lucy Carey again a classic. I love how it's almost two stories in one with the 19th Phantom story and then the present Phantom story. That's it for this issue. Issue 4 of 2021. Solstrom does it again. Great cover. I don't want to spoil too much on what's happening in these stories, but uh, this perspective, it looks like a grave. Yeah. Uh, so the vote for best cover was planned to be in this issue but there was not enough pages for, to do it so it will be moved to the double issue six and seven the main story is called Ivråkarnas klo and that's uh, in the claws of the vultures written by Klaus Romerti and art by Janus Orden again it's a con continuation of the twin stories from the last issue and here the focus switches over to Diana's old boss uh, uh, that wanted her to not publish the report in earlier stories and then the report got tampered uh, that made Diane, Diana a fugitive from the law again this is a great story and great art uh, a lot of talk has been about how great it would be with a Netflix series about the Phantom I might be in a minority, but I think this 22nd Phantom story would be a great first season to introduce the heritage of the Phantom while also looking forward to the future with a male and a female Phantom. Yeah. Yeah. And except for that, there is a second story that is an old reprint. It is... The Goddess of Death by Lee Falk and Öskan Eralp. So it's like the Fencing Master in issue 1 this year. This is a remake of a Falk story, The Tagis, that was done by Lee Falk and Wilson McCoy. Diane is kidnapped and the bad guys wants a ransom, but gets the Wrath of the Phantom instead. And coming up in the next issue is... The Little Detective Who Disappeared, a Sunday story by Tony DePaul and Jeff Weigel. And The Gold of Destiny, uh, another one of these Öskan Eralp reprints of a remake of uh, Lee Falk and Wilson McCoy story. That ends 
the review part and now let's go over to news as you might know i created a game the phantom the card game and it's being shipped to many addresses uh, right now but americans and australians will likely have to wait a bit longer though but you can see how many copies i have in my home at least if you're following me on youtube uh, so all of these boxes are filled with games and also the ones here is in my living room and each of these boxes have 10 games in them and uh, I also have my storage room here filled uh, so and this is only one third of all the games uh, and I shift around a sixth the second news item is really big as might be known is that Mikael Sol, the editor of Phantomen, resigned and only has a short time left on the title. Now we know who will be his replacement. Andreas Eriksson, and this is great news. I did not know who Mikael Sol was when he took over, but I think he did a great job and I'm thankful for all he has done for Phantomen. Andreas, however, I do know who he is and he is a huge Phantomen fan. In his youth he showed that he knew his facts when he appeared on the 10 000 kroners frågan, a game show where people with specific knowledge answer questions about it, and he won. He is also a member of the Scandinavian chapter of the Lee Falk Memorial Bengalas Explorers Club. He does editorial work on the yearbooks, have written two Phantomen stories, and have already helped out with editorial work on Phantomen when Sol was on sick leave. It will be super interesting to see what, if any, changes he does. That's all from me. Happy phantoming. And we're back. Thank you so much, Mikkel, for all of that. I'm very excited, particularly about what you said about the card game. But um, as you've just raised, the uh, Andreas Eriksson is the new editor for Phantomen. He's going to take up the uh, take up the role. Um, well, he's probably doing a lot of hard work behind the scenes right now, I imagine, um, and maybe doing some job shadowing with Mikkel Sol, perhaps. Who knows? But um, getting himself ready to take over for issue seven and eight. Um, and that'll be his first issue of the year. So um, we're excited about this because Andreas is a, a longtime friend of Chronicle Chamber and yourself in particular, Jermaine. And um, so he has said that he's going to come on to a podcast with us at uh, sometime early in the journey. We're looking very much forward to that. Um, but I'll hand over to you, Jim. You know, you know Andreas the most and, and, the, and uh, the best of all of us. Um, how are you feeling about this announcement? Well, when Mikkel uh, made the announcement that he was going to step aside um there was one name that i thought had to be it and it was andreas but there was a couple of um reasons well there was one main reason which i thought it might be a stumbling block fortunately that's been overcome um and andreas in my opinion is the best is the best candidate to take over he's a long-time fan uh he's a couple of years older than me so he's you know similar age as say like Mikel, so Hopefully, he's got 30 years plus um, of life within him to do this job. Um, no pressure on Dras, but that's how long you have uh, have to do it for. Um, <laughs> and, and I think that's what you're after. You're after someone who <clears throat> knows the character extensively, who is young enough to be able to do it for a long time. Um, you know, and then the beauty is... is He's actually got a publisher background. He, he's got a magazine and a, and a comic 
uh, title that he uh, does. He does the magazine with his wife. It's a cat magazine. Uh, so if there's any cat fans out there, uh, not cat man or, or anything I was just like thinking that. he's going to be taking the cat man stories now that Pooh's been doing. <laughs> no, no, he's actually like fluffy, pretty fluffy type of cats uh, in Sweden. And he's done a great job with that as well, uh, extending... Um, uh, like the subscription levels, the the readership levels, and stuff like that as well. So, he, you know, he's he knows what he's doing. He's not just a fan being, that's been thrown in the deep end. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I'm 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 very excited. Um, so from you guys, and I guess you to be able to speak on behalf of a lot of the other fans who might not know him as much as I do. Like, what are your thoughts about it? Well, I just hope he continues to put out a, a good product without any hiccups, really, you know. Yeah. Um, it'd be great if he can increase readership amongst um, our Scandinavian friends. Um, but, yeah, look, there's been great stuff coming out of um, uh, out of Phantom and, uh, lately, you know, with the, the 22nd saga and what have you. So, um, yeah, onwards and upwards. Mm. And, all, and best of luck, Andreas. We're rooting for you. Mm. Yeah, I'm um, hopeful that my internet connection is coming out all right at your end because um, I'm struggling a little bit to hear what you guys are saying. But um, just to to reinforce what um, both uh, German and Steve have said, I guess I I'm looking forward to what Andreas can bring. We obviously, or people may know that he has um, he's done the job before for a little while, stepping yeah. in and, and doing um, and being a part to, or a temporary editor while Mikel has taken long service leave at very time various times. Um, and and uh, I'm, I'm excited about, um, yeah, as Jerm said, his extensive history with the character and being a fan of the character and, and bringing it into, um, into the next phase of his journey. And, and with that, I think we should um, do the, you know, the official tip of the hat and the wave of the good mark to Mikel Sol, who didn't come yeah. into the job as a long-term fan and sort of had to, to learn a lot as he went. And um, as, the, as the post we put up a little while ago on chroniclechamber.com, when he announced his retirements, you'll go through his achievements in the role over the 10, nearly 10 years that he was there. Um, he's done a remarkable job. So thank you very much, Mikel Sol, for, for all of the work that you've done. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing what Andreas can bring. Yeah. What do you, is there anything in particular you're hoping for, Jim, in terms of a new direction um, for Fantaman? I don't know about a new direction. Uh, what will be interesting is that he is a forecast. He he loves the Lee Fork stories. He loves <sighs> the new pa- newspaper stories. That is but, me breathing a huge sigh of relief. <laughs> <laughs> so I reckon, and he's so he's not like he's kill off Sandal Singh. First, first thing he's going to do. That was that was actually the first question I said. I, I said to him so just never seen again. So just to kind of like like when he, like when I found out the news, I said, "Oh, sweet, you're a Forkus, so that means that." Sandal Singh's son is not the Phantoms. Um, is not the Phantoms' uh, illegitimate son. And he goes, "What do you mean?" And I said, "Because you would not do that to Lee Fork's character." And <laughs> 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 so uh, he he didn't say yes or no, but he he is a Forkist. He loves the newspaper stories. He has a huge respect for him. And Mikel Sol did as well, and he said that on our podcast as well. So. I think we will see. I think we will see a, a, a healthy tip of the hat to Lee Fork and his legacy. Um, 
uh, Andreas has writing experience as well. Um, he's he's written various Phantom stories. He's written one for uh, Phantom Inn, and then I believe there's several that are in the pipeline for Fru as well. So, um, you know, yeah, I, I, I have utmost faith in him. Yeah. Um, have the Australian stories that have been printed here in Fru uh, been printed over in Phantom Inn yet? Uh, two have. All right. Um, so for those, uh, that is Jungle Love and uh, Hero Complex. Ah, yes. I wonder if um, Sweden has got enough experience or, or history or memory of the Vietnam War for it to be for them to be excited about taking up those sorts of new stories. Yeah. Look, Andreas. Andreas was the well. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this, but I'll just say it. Uh, I believe Andreas was um, was was quite influential in getting uh, the Jungle Love story published in in Team Phantom. Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he was involved in it somehow. So, yeah. and he's got a good. He's been working with Dudley and um, uh, and Glenn for a while. I'm not sure if free readers will know whenever they've published a. Um, what do you call it? An old classic story from like the seventies and eighties. Dudley always says this was one of the stories that was recommended to me by Andreas Erikson. So you know that Scandinavian story. Yeah, yeah. So they've got a good working relationship as well. So I, I fully believe that it will probably be even closer than what it what it was has been the last couple of years. Mm. Yeah. And, and he's contributed a couple of um, feature articles, I feel like, for Fru, yes. at least one or two that I've read yes. in various comics over the last few years. So so there is that relationship there. Now, if you are a, a focused in particular and you'd like to encourage Andreas um, about uh, Sandal stories, for instance, um, that's Ericsson with one K and two S's for any searching that you're doing on your various social medias. All right. You're welcome, Andreas. Okay, so... <laughs> the um, the next bit of news, I guess, is the board game update. Now, it's not as big as um, as the new editor for Phantomen, but in a sense, um, it's oh, hopefully the culmination of something because yeah. there was an up an update for the uh, Kickstarter supporters recently. Um, Steve, would you like to give us a bit of an overview as to the as to what the uh, throw? I'll throw this quickly to you. Um, do you remember the update? Do you want to fill us in on what uh, the news is? Is it exactly what's the first point here? If not, I can. Yeah, just shitting. read the points. Yeah, just read the points. Because <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> what I read. But yes, it's shipping. February is Phantom Game Month. Yes. I am so, so looking is, forward to a board game and a card game. After 40 years of not having anything, we've suddenly got getting two games in a month. Oh. Hopefully in a month. It's... Um, is it in the country? I can't remember. Or is it coming out? Yes. Yeah, you know, I think we, our understanding is that um, the the it's board game. Dudley's, it's all in the <laughs> Dale's <laughs> uh, lounge room. <laughs> sending it off. Is that? Right? I, I think Fru have it actually. I think yeah. um, I think that uh, Fru the, the their part is distribution. Um, so I suspect that um, they just are accumulating boxes and getting ready to post. Um, it sounds like we're very very close and, and should be mm. coming out in February. The yeah, I can't wait. Oh, I'm pumped. Now, we can also confirm uh, that the um, the review, we obviously we'll do a review of the game as soon as, um, as, soon as it arrives and um, 
it'll be there, there's probably a couple of reviews to do with the game really one will be the unboxing and unveiling and here's let, let's enjoy this as a collectible and i think maybe even a second review would be okay so we've played the game and here's what we think um yeah. so probably a couple of videos in that you reckon germ yeah and then of course there'll be the trade paperback as well uh review yeah yep um <laughs> Also, just to confirm, going back to the uh, the shipping, the shipping bit is that we can confirm that the international um, shipping has been done as well, because um, we've heard back from a fan who's actually got a a link and is tracking his uh, his shipping of the board game as well. So that's pretty cool as well. Yeah. The, um, I guess I got a, one of the questions that I'd have, and, and I say this as someone with a vested interest, um, who uh, you know pledged for the game at a at a higher level than just the base game or the trade paperback. We know the trade paperback is going to get posted separately, or, or do we know that? Are, are Fru going to put the trade pay? I assume they probably if it's if they're all distributing it. I think it will be together. In yeah, that box. But, I assume um, so. But what if you were a next level? What if you got one with the uh, with the figurine or the original artwork? Um, do you reckon Fru are going to post that out as well? I think it depends who's got it. Yeah. <laughs> if Fru's got it, it might mean that Fru are publishing it. But if uh, Dale or um, Alex have it, it probably doesn't make sense in um, in uh, resending it up to Sydney and then and stuff like yeah. that. I would assume, well, and maybe I'll, that means I get an extra little package in the mail. Yeah. Which I don't think anyone will mind getting two packages instead of one package. Just <laughs> they're going to be grumpy about that. Yeah. You know, take a long walk off. A- <laughs> um, <laughs> I would, yeah, I would assume that it'll probably be separate, but that's yeah. a pure speculation. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. As as Steve said right at the start, game month, bring it on. Let's get this card in. Mikel has yeah. told us about that, and let's get the board game arriving. Um, I'll laugh and then get the card you know, game before you two fellas. <laughs> so maybe we should tell the listeners a little bit of um uh, a little bit of banter that's been happening in the last week <laughs> is um uh i don't know the reason why i think it was because of the level we ordered or something like that i think you Mikkel, got two i got one yeah yeah so Mikel sent mine and dan's together I think it was like about a five-minute difference. Separate then, boxes, but um, at yeah, the same separate time. boxes, same time. But Stephen didn't get his because of the the pledge level or the order that he did. I think his is going for via distribution. And so me and Dan have got the tracking numbers, and we're I don't know about you, but I'm checking it every day or every second day. I'm and, checking it right now, and there hasn't been an update update since it left Sweden, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, been rather fun um, because I think for a period of time, mine arrived at the international airport, and yours hadn't. So you know there was. It was a delay by about 15 minutes, but still. That's 15 minutes. Yeah, so because I think basically whoever gets it first, uh, basically how we're doing it, we'll be doing the unboxing uh, review. So yeah. I think that's how we've uh, we've organised it. So that way we'll get it to you as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah. well, as soon as my uh, tracking app says it's entered the country, I'm going to be coming home from work at lunchtime just to check the mark. <laughs> Uh, and if you're listening work I'm not going to do that of course (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, let's move on. We've got the, um, the the next bit of news is about the 2001 Malin Diary. Now, we did preview, did do a video Diary. preview uh, earlier um, this month, and I'll just hold up the cover of that um, that that preview copy that we've got again. So make sure you go down to um, YouTube, chroniclechamber.com, um, and check out our YouTube channel and our review on that. Um there's not a lot of news on that one really other than to say that um, the printing does look like it's going to be, well, here we are um, 7th of February as we record and um, it's not in stores and it hasn't been started to be posted out to people who have pre-ordered. So obviously it's later than they, uh, than they were hoping um, and uh, haven't got word at this stage as to when that will be. But um, with, with Chinese new year about to start in uh, less than a week, um, yeah, might, things might be looking grim for it arriving in February, which is unfortunate. Yes. Still, not much, uh, not much can be done about that. <laughs> it's uh, not, not the greatest news. But um, as, as I said in the preview video, and I do encourage people to go and see that if you haven't already, um, it, it's a book that I'm a bit excited about uh, when it comes out. I think that it's going to be, uh, it's going to be very well received when people do receive it. Um, so get your orders in for that. Um, send an email to info, info at malin.net.au um, and get your, um, or, or go to our website, obviously, chroniclechamber.com for the, uh, for the link to the um, order form. Mm. Anything else you guys want to say about that? Nope. I better get my order in. Well, yep. we, we did cover that one pretty well. I, I'm actually, I, I do uh, have been meaning to ask my um, local comic sh- shop to, uh, to order a few in, I think, um, even without me being the one who buys it, because I've obviously got one on order already, um, then, uh, you know, I think yeah. he'll, he'll find that they'll move as quickly as the trade paperbacks once he's got them. Yeah, and especially if the trade paperbacks... All right, next quickly. big news. And this, yeah, they do. At, yeah. at the comic book shop, that's, that's always the feedback. All right. Um, next bit of news is about Boss Fight Studio. Now, these are figurines that uh, we're very excited about um, that are being released in uh, the, out of the United States. Now, was it these or the Nika ones that are actually in Walmart stores now? I think it might be the Nika ones. No, neither, right. neither are out. Oh, really? I, I'm sure I saw a post about a week ago or four or five days ago saying that it was going, they were going to be released in Walmart stores very soon. Like yeah, I was thinking they're the both. Time. Yeah. They're both. I, well, maybe I'm making that up. Yeah. I thought, um, anyway, boss fight studio has announced a second wave or, or one and a half wave. I'm not sure exactly. <laughs> it's like, you know, who knows about how numbers work and when you're, when you're releasing things, but anyway, it's a, a second release, I suppose, of action figures that they've got. So, um, the first wave that has included the uh, the traditional purple phantom, um, as well as a, a female phantom or a Julie Walker, but in the garb, but in blue. So those are currently part of the first wave. Um, part of the first wave is also the grey suited phantom with hero, which um, is not available for pre-order just yet. Um, wave 1.5, which is due to come as a pre-order, it looks like later this um, later this year. So whether that's March or April we see the pre-orders available for Wave 1.5. And we probably should be screen sharing these, or Jermaine, you can put up pictures on the side, I'm sure, um, of uh, the blue Phantom with with some little people, which is interesting, Um, (laughs) uh, Prince Prince Vlad um, on his uh, flying... 
bird, um, as well as a, uh, a red cub <laughs> email phantom, a Julie Walker, um, together with the with Chronicle Books, which is again in the Chronicle Chamber. Well, the Chronicle Chamber is not bad. Like it. Um, so you know, this is exciting news. If only because it means there must have been enough interest in Wave One mm. that they're mm. confident enough to go ahead with a well a wave and a half later, um, another few figures. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts? Oh, it, it is. I'm, yeah. I can't wait to get Prince Vlad. <laughs> and I and mean then, that. And then uh, you're going to get like a um, you're going to get like a, a stegosaurus and um, like put up posts on uh, Phantom Collector like every second day. I'm going to have like you know, I'll have Lego <laughs> palm trees and stuff. So you've got Stevie coming through, and I'll, I'll find a caveman as well. Else <laughs> um, but no, it, it, it's well. Good. That's exactly right. In the Moxley Awards from. Moxley Awards from the annual, they've got the little dinosaurs as well, the little Brontosaurus and Stegosaurus and Tyrannosaurus oh, Rex. that's so that story. A weird and wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, um, Jim, we'll cut you off. Yeah, no, I, I, think it's, I, think it's, I think it's great news. Um, I really do. Uh, so the blue and the purple phantom from Wave 1.0 is uh, currently available for pre-order. Now, what's actually interesting is the Zorro and Flash are shipping or close to shipping at the moment and we've been told that the phantom's not far behind so if we had to speculate and this is just pure speculation we don't have any inside word because um yeah we haven't asked to be honest um but we're probably thinking march april for wave 1.0 um apparently there's been a bit of a delay with the gray phantom with hero but i don't expect that to be too late because you know they've already got the phantom figurine and then the hero is a horse figurine which they've got they've done and which looks amazing i did i did some scrolling on their website and looked at one of the other uh figurines that they had with a uh, an accompanying horse and yeah horses are not easy to draw they're certainly not easy to sculpt um and then to turn into a uh an articulated figure um you know i think they've it looks amazing and i'm really yeah yeah, that's that's probably the one that i'm really looking forward to of course i'll sub him out for the purple phantom pretty well quickly and uh have the purple purple phantom riding up on hero but uh yeah i'm excited for that one for sure yeah what do you mean that horses are hard to draw all you do is you draw a unicorn first then rub out the horn (laughs) fair enough um (laughs) and then wave point uh wave 1.5 i believe will be probably available for pre-order, I would say, probably end of February, if I had to guess again. What do you, um, And what are your thoughts on the uh, the additional figures? Because they're um, the little people um, chronicle books. I think it's, it's all about getting people to buy them. And they're little, little, little extras, little things, and not everyone's going to buy them. A lot of the selective people, or the completists, sorry, will buy them all. Uh, probably like you know myself and probably like you guys and most of our listeners will probably buy them all Um, but then you're probably going to have the people that say for instance if you're just a Swedish or a Norwegian fan you might just buy the blue phantom and blue jewelry but then if you're a South American or a a Europe fan you might just go the red so Mm. um, and then if you're uh, Glenn Lumsden who believes that the Phantom should only be grey, you're probably just going to buy the grey Phantom with Hero. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, th- I think it caters well. Yeah. I think it, I think it's a good way of doing it because you will get everyone who buys everything, but then it caters to everyone out there. 
Um, and mm. then, yeah. I so. probably would have rather... I'm oh, sorry. No, you go. Okay, sorry. The, my internet's patching in and out again. Sorry. Um, the um, I probably would have rathered a uh, devil figure before yeah, awesome. the little people. The little people would seem to be fairly well down the list of Iron's uh, yeah. Phantom characters to to get. It's really interesting that they chose that one because it's such an obscure. Uh, it'd be interesting to know how many stories they've even appeared in. It wouldn't be heaps. Um, Not compared to the devil. No, um, no, I wonder if you're, if you're going to choose between Prince Vlad and Devil, you're going to, you're going to pick Devil every time. I would have thought. Yeah. I think Wave Two is probably a little bit bigger of a splash than say a one point five. Or, in my opinion, the way I read it, a one point five is more of a like a filler, more of a like let's add some more, you know, to the Phantom and kind of expand that a little bit. Where I would assume Wave Two might be. The Phantom with Devil or, or, or something yeah. like that. Uh, it's interesting, NECA, they did Zuffy, the animal, with the Phantom yes. as well. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Which I guess makes sense because that's a Defenders of the Earth character at least. Yeah. So I guess just read into it as you will. But I reckon we might mm-hmm. see Devil in Wave 2. Looking yep. forward to Wave yep. 2. And just to clarify, um, Prince Vlad has appeared in 8... Um, Phantom Stories, which is probably more than I expected and was mentioned in one more um, for a total of nine, all by Lee Falk. No other creator has uh, has gone near <laughs> Prince Vlad and the Little People. <laughs> Read into that as you will, but I yeah. think I know what I agree with. <laughs> that's just a fact. That's not a, uh, a comment. It's just an observation. <laughs> all right. Well, Pull we just up. mentioned, um, obviously, we've been talking about the Nika figures and um, Jermaine mentioned Zuffy. Uh, some sad news, actually, around Defenders of the Earth since last time we got together, and that is the voice actor who played the Phantom in that series, um, Peter Rickman, passed away, uh, which is uh, possibly something that uh, didn't come across a lot of people's radar, but um, um, with as many ears out as we've got, a Chronicle Chamber has a 1,000 ears and a 1,000 people sending us messages when things happen in the Phantom world. Um, yeah, Peter Rickman passing away. Um, any reflections on on uh, his role in the or, or place in the Phantom universe, either either guys? Well, when you think about it, there's only been a handful of actors and voice actors who have actually played the Phantom. Mm. Uh, even if you include all the obscure ones like the three Kissing Mask Turkish movies. Um, you know, someone like um, Paul Hogan who played it in an episode or <laughs> Peter Kingston with his short little Phantom movie. There's still not many people who have actually played the Phantom. So when one of them dies, I reckon there would be maybe between 10 and 20 people that have played the Phantom in total. And so when one's died, I think it's, you know, yeah. Because The Defenders of the Earth is a great show as well. Mm, mm. You've uh, you've forgotten, of course, Duncan Munro, friend of the show, who uh, played the Phantom <laughs> in the Sammy J ads for Hero Complex, and most memorably, I think, in the Chronicle Chamber um, radio play, uh, where show um, in podcast number one hundred, where we had the uh, the the radio play, and he was our voice actor there, so. Um, but you're right. Um, there, there's there's not that many, and for for us to lose one, and, and Peter Rickman obviously had a much greater 
um, <laughs> uh, career than just voice acting for the, the Phantom Defenders of the Earth as well. So, yes, um, our best wishes to uh, to his family and, and loved ones. Yes. All right. Um, next item on the agenda is that Hermes have announced a new reprint series, I guess, on the back of the Avon novels not being around. And we talked a bit about this when we yes. were doing our best of 2020 and what uh, what's going to come next into uh, the Hermes Press publishing agenda. Um, and they've announced that it's the DC series from the from the 1990s. Now, this, I think, is fantastic news mm. um, that they've decided to, to reprint these ones. Um, Stephen, what are your thoughts? Have you, are you have you read the stories before? Are you a fan? Are you likely to buy these ones? Um, I think it's great news. Um, I do already have all those comics, and, I've, and I have read them, and I enjoyed them. Um, so I probably won't be picking up, well, it's not like I pick up much of the other hard copy stuff. It's uh, hardcover homing stuff. It's usually out of my price range. Um, but if it just so happens that I've, I've got the 80 or $90, whatever it is, Australian, and I see it in a shop, then oh, I might just pick it up. Mm. But, yeah, it's good. They're, for those of you who haven't read the stories, they're, they're great ones. Yeah. Um, Oh, hang on, make sure I don't get confused with the Marvel ones. But it, that, like, the, it's all going. Is it going to be all the DC ones? Like, there was a, a fifth yep. from memory. There was a three yep. or six part, and then there was a whole twelve month. So there was uh, a four part series, which four is part. by is that the one with the red beard, red bearded fella. Uh, it was with a pirate, and there's two stories. So there's yeah. there's uh, Rackman or Arkman or or something like that, and so it's like the thirteenth, fourteenth Phantom fights him and then the current phantom is in a same an almost parallel mm. universe fighting against the descendant of him yeah. and then you've got rex reading the story of the past phantom and stuff it's a great story it's done by oh peter david um who yeah. did one of the other herm stories as well uh and then that series had the front covers by the tarzan uh, crossover um, uh, Gibbons, who was the um, uh, the what who's well known for the Watchmen series as well, so that's he did those phantom covers as well. And then you've got the second series, which is 13 issues, which we've interviewed Luke McDonald and Mark Verhan Verhan Dynam, um, on the podcast. And interestingly, we asked them in both those podcasts if they were if. Uh, Herms has actually ever contacted them about doing a reprint series and whether they'll be interested. And at the time, neither of them had contacted them about it. And so let's just say that maybe that's where uh, Herms got the... Um, we're going to strongly suggest that's where Herms <laughs> got the idea from. I, I thought you might claim it. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course, but it's great. So yeah. the first yeah, one... I'll, I'll, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I thought uh, Free would come to the party first, but good on you, Hermes. Yeah, so the first volume comes out in May 2021. I would assume we'll get all three volumes this year. I don't see why not. Maybe one early next year. So volume one is going to have the four of the mini series and then two of the regular series, so issue one and two in the one volume. And then I guess maybe volume two will have five or six stories and then the well, other one will have the five, five yeah. or six, yeah. yeah. But it's um, I I hope they go down yeah. the track of adding, whether they get a transcript of our podcast or use it as a reference. But I hopefully they like get some some 
some extra documentation about from Mark and Luke and they add that into the book, whether it's in a written interview or they use it as part of an essay or maybe some original artwork and some sketches and stuff like that because um, there was just some amazing behind-the-scenes in in both of those um, podcasts that would would that deserves, I guess, to be also included in those um, uh, in those uh, reprint series as well. Well, we have talked before um, about the possibility, maybe not on air, but certainly behind the scenes, we have talked before about the possibility of creating a Patreon level that allowed us to transcribe transcribe all of our. Um, podcast because uh, certainly that's not something I'm ever keen to do again. Um, I'm very happy to pay somebody whatever it costs to, to type that up. But um, yeah, it would be great to have that transcribed and uh, maybe we should even get in touch with Hermes and say, yeah. hey, do you know that this is out there and perhaps you could, uh, you'd be welcome to include it? Because you're right, it's, it's those sorts of little extras and that Hermes Press are generally pretty good at yes. doing. Um, all of their books include extra interviews, whether it's with um, um, Dan Herman himself has often uh, had the interviews with the, the creators or whatever. So, yeah. Um, yeah, they're very good at adding those extra things in. So um, I'm confident that we'll see something. Um, yeah. And as someone, I guess, I've probably collected about half of those books, I suspect, um, and certainly haven't read all of them um, by any stretch. So looking forward to, to getting those in a, in a bound edition. Um, I would think probably three books would cover the – um, the, the the two runs um, is similar to what you said there before, Jermaine. Yeah. So I'll definitely be buying them. Will you as well? Yeah, I'll be buying them. Um, I'm, you know, I don't have all of Herm stuff, but I've got, uh, I'm missing, you know, some of the dailies and Sundays, but, and majority of the Avons. But apart from that, I've got everything else that they publish and release and stuff like that because their hardcover, their hardcover stuff is, it's just amazing. You've got a dust jacket, you know, nice bright colors. Yeah. They do a great job in, reprinting the stuff so i'm really looking forward to the series yeah uh what's actually interesting yep. is i think uh mark uh who's the author of the series he's actually said that he's already pre-ordered the uh the books as well so um he's pretty excited about go. it as well there you go well, I think that, um, you know, the other reprint stuff that they've done, uh, even the colour stuff is from the 60s and 70s. It'll be really nice to see some crisper 90s colours in uh, in the way that Hermes produces things because they do yeah. um, they do a marvellous job. All right, other another new series that is coming out, and we've speculated a bit about this in a past podcast, but we've got some confirmation now, and that is the, uh, the German series that's going to come out from WIC Publishers. Um, we've got a bit of information about this on the website. But, Jim, you're all over this story. So why don't you let us know what's going on with WIC uh, publications in Germany? Okay. So there'll be a, so just to let everyone know, there'll be links to yep. everything we've discussed. I'll link it up so you can actually click on it, in whether it's in YouTube, iTunes or YouTube or whatever. But um, So basically, out in May 2021, again, so May is going to be a busy month. Uh, it's going to be 12 comics. And inside the 12 comics, there's going to be 22 stories. Now, of those 22 stories, five have never, ever been read or seen before. And that's including by the German uh, readership who from the old Bastille series. The, way, the reason that happened... the other 17 are... The other 17 stories have been published by the Bastille publishers before, uh, but majority yeah. of those have never been... There's only been one German story printed in English 
And a lot of those other stories have, I think there's been maybe five or 10 that have been published in other in other publications as well. So for probably 90% of the Phantom readers, these will be stories that no one's ever, that you haven't seen before. Yeah. Now, I believe, I can't confirm, but there's going to be two or three of those stories are going to be in full colour. Um, so for the colour fans out there, that will be exciting. Now, uh, on our website, we have an interview by Peter Manningen, who's actually the third most prolific Phantom comic book writer. And he's the guy who wrote these stories. And then the artist is, and I apologise ahead of time, Jose, but I'm going to mess this up. It's Jose Maria Ortiz Tafala. Um, I have actually tried practising that as well. I think that might be the it best. Sa- it, sounded, it sounded good there, John. <laughs> yeah. was, um, it was one of your better ones, Jim. It's definitely a better one. <laughs> yeah, it was Jose, not Jose or something like that. I have, <laughs> I have practised that yeah. one. <laughs> I was waiting for Josie. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I wanted to see what he was going to say for the next one for the covers. Uh, and the covers is by um, Etugel Ed Edreen, who is... He's a Turkish artist who's living in Germany now. Um, and he's very popular in the European scene. And he's done some phantom covers for all the old Turkish series, reprint series, going back five years ago. Um, from memory, we actually included some of his covers as our favourites of, of previous Best Off series as well. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so again, there's an article, uh, there's an interview, sorry, with Peter Manningen and also Ulrich, who's actually the publisher as well, on our website. So there'll be links for those if you want to refresh your memory as well. But this is quite exciting news to the fact that we've got now Germany also mm. printing and releasing Phantom Comics as well. So do you have a German friend who's going to start sending these over for you? Are you going to yes. order them? Uh, I'll be getting them uh, there is a website um, I can't remember it off the top of my head but it's in the article um, so you can get them via there as well and I've already organised basically that I want one of all of them um, we'll probably when the first one comes out we'll do a video review of it and then of the others we'll either get a German friend to do an English review or it will just be me Telling you what I like about the pictures. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, if there are any German fans out there who's listening to this who yes. can read them and wants to review them for us, please get in touch with us because we would love to be able to include them. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, if, any further comments on on that, Steve, or anything else that uh, we've not, uh, talked about tonight? Yeah. Well, actually, I've got. I do have a little bit of um, a further comment on something mentioned earlier. We were talking about the Nika. Is it Nika or Neka? Uh, Defenders of the Earth figures, and you mentioned something about Walmart. So I did a little bit of searching, and thank you to. Let me just get. I'm not going to say it's my own. It's thefush.com. So T H E F W. OOSH.com, so credit where it's due. Uh, they've got an article about um, the, the, the release of the, of the uh, Defense of the Earth toys. 
Um, where you got your Walmart thing from? This is not exclusive to a specific retailer. However, Walmart will have a 30-day advance window on these prior to them being released more widely. So when the time comes, if you want them right away, Walmart will be your hunting ground. So Walmart gets uh, the Friends of the Earth 30, a month before anybody else, yep. according to the push.com. Right. I, I knew that it, it doesn't give a date at all. No, they just say the first quarter of this year, I think. I saw that. Yeah. Okay. Now, well, that promising because yeah. we're halfway through the first quarter. So, it must yeah. Be soon. yeah. <laughs> must be soon. Now, I, we, um, uh, we have been in touch with some uh, comic book shops around Australia, trying to find someone who <laughs> will be bringing these in. Uh, so, if you didn't want to basically get them from outside of Australia and then bring them in with the extorbent prices and all that. Uh, we found a, a comic book shop that we'll be bringing in. Um, we're just uh, discussing with them at the moment. So we'll have that probably in an article or on, a, on, on our next Comics and News podcast as well. They did say that there's usually about a one, one to two month delay from them being released in the States to them being shipped here and then them to being able to send them out. But we are trying to find um, Australian stores because that is a question we've been getting. Um, so we, sure. yes, we are trying to find some Australian stores that will be able to order them in for you. And yep. also, if you check out this website, they've, they've got the the toys out of the package. They've got them in different poses. Some fantastic lighting there. It actually looks pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. no, they're, they're they're brilliant. They're larger than the um, they're six inch. So they'll be larger than um, boss, fight. boss fights, yeah. but yeah, I think both are going to be amazing. Um, <coughs> mm. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. attention to detail, Ming is incredible. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's all extra news that I had cool. for you. Good work, Steve. Yeah, well done. Uh, so yeah, thank you for uh, proving that I wasn't just making it up. <laughs> <laughs> Never. All right. Um, any any uh, further comments on anything, Jim? Anything that you've been researching while uh, the others have been talking? No, no. Um, I reckon this is going to be an under an hour and a half. I'm quite proud of ourselves tonight. Just yeah, <laughs> click over to eleven o'clock. It's time. For, it's time for bed. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I'm glad. Um, I'm glad that we've been able to get through. And there's so much good news. Obviously, the the yeah. death of Pittman, but otherwise, it's uh, so much positive stuff that we've been able to cover. And and as we've said a number of times, games about to land. Um, new series about to be published. Um, toys coming out. You know what? What a time. Who would have thought? Um, I might be the way that we come out of a pandemic with phantom stuff being showered upon us. So. Yes. <laughs> Our wives are going to say, where's all this money going? We'll save you up for a holiday. <laughs> well, it, everything's 20 bucks. So Yeah, you uh, can't have everything, wife. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, for all of that news um, and all of those links we've been talking about at various times, you can go to chroniclechamber.com um, and catch up with all of the latest um, and, and in a lot more detail for you to read and digest than, uh, than what we've just given a bit of an overview tonight. Um, if you've got any, uh, if you spot anything in the wild, you think that we should know about it, you, you think that it might make for some interesting news on the podcast yeah. or on the website, please email us at chroniclechamber.com at gmail.com to give us a bit of a heads up. We love that sort of stuff. Um, and if you've got any other comments or uh, um, on anything you've heard tonight, please uh, hit us up via that avenue as well. We're also on all of the social medias, well, most of the social medias. So, so if you look for, if you do a search for Chronicle Chamber at uh, 
um, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube, any of those, then you're going to find us and get the latest in our social um, and of course, um, you're listening to us on whatever app or device you're using at the moment. So please use, uh, find the Spotify, oh, sorry, find the subscribe button on whatever it is you're listening to us on and, uh, make sure you, you get the latest episodes as they drop. Mm. Um, all right. Well, I think it's, uh, it has been quicker than I expected tonight, guys, but I really enjoyed going through all of that with you. Thank you very much for your time tonight. Um, and until next time, happy family. Happy family. Happy family, everyone, and stay safe. How much sleep have you had, Dan? You know how gaps you've done. <laughs> oh, follow me so evil doers will believe that this man cannot die. The ghost who walks. Enemies beware. The phantom's always there, but you won't find the phantom. He finds you.